everybody, welcome to This Game Where, episode 23, unless you're following the lockdown numbering, which is episode 9, or you might be following the brand new transition period uh, numbering, which is num- winner on number 2. We're on number 2, aren't we, Christopher? Of the, if people uh, are following all three of those numbering systems, then they need to take a long, hard <laughs> look at themselves. They're, it's Star Wars numbering, isn't it? Oh. Uh, everyone's used to it these days, it's fine. It's It might seem complicated... But it's not. Three ways of cataloguing the episode is, is too many. Well, tell that to my folder system on the computer. <laughs> you don't have a folder system on your computer. I do. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know what that means. I do. I do. I've got it in three different folders. I've got three separate copies of each of these episodes in right. three different folders, depending on what numbering system I fancy using that day. That sounds far too complicated. <laughs> well, it is what it is, and it's what we're stuck with. Right. How are you? Are you all right? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm okay. It's been really rainy this week. Blustery. No, rain. Like, it's been hammering it down most of the week, hasn't it? Mm, yeah, it has. But today it's quite blustery. I'm saying that, and actually, this, this episode's not going out for two weeks, so it could have been blazing sunshine. Yeah, weather talk does, does age things, doesn't it? Like, two weeks ago, it Love was that. It the sunshine wasn't it now that feels like a, a memory yeah it's like mentioning i have a haircut earlier and uh me and the hairdresser were talking about tiger king and it just made me think tiger king remember when everyone's talking about that i haven't thought of that for like two months now he did lose his zoo just to give everyone an update all right the, yeah t- tiger king news tiger king lost his zoo didn't he because he went to prison but then the guy you know the bad guy that took his zoo off tiger king the one with the little face if that's how you remember him yes yeah <laughs> a, little, a little face in a bandana. Yeah, the bandana man. Bandana man lost the zoo. Now it's in the possession of that carol lady. Carabaskin. That's the one, yeah. Carabaskin dances all the rage on TikTok, I've heard as well. I've seen that. I've seen that dance. Why have I seen that dance? It's funny weird that the trivialising the fact that she's maybe or maybe not done that to her husband and like, doing a little dance about it. I find it all very peculiar. But TikTok is named to us, is it? So there you go. Do you want to know what we're talking about today? Yeah, after the, the folly that was Pokemon Smile, what game are you uh, waffling about today? Well, mine is actually a game. Hold the front door. I know, so I'm doing better already than, yeah. than you did. Yeah, uh, Oh, I am. I am doing better. I definitely am. In My all game. walks of life. So, recently, I started playing several games, actually. You have all a lot of games on the go. I, yeah, I even I questioned know. you on this, didn't I, about how can you do it? Because I, I don't get it. One tends to come to the fore. So I might start several games all at once and then they'll drop away and one will come to the fore. And actually, that's the game that I'm going to be talking about this week. Do you have several books on the go at the same time? I have a daytime book and a nighttime book. What? Really? Yeah. I, the reason for that is... In the front room and then nighttime book in a bed. Well, I've got a Kindle. Right. Okay. And the Kindle has a light. So that is, I read that in bed. And if I'm reading like a physical book, then that will be... I don't read that in bed because I can't see it without a light on. So mm. it, that's the reason. No, my, my wife has, usually has like two or three books on the go at once and I again, I can't get my head around that. No, I, I don't tend to do that generally, but I do have a daytime book and a nighttime book. Not always. Like I haven't got a daytime book on the go at the moment. What's your nighttime book now then? Uh, it's um, Morning Star, it's called. Pierce Brown? Is it Pierce Brown? Did you read Red Rising? I recommended yes. it to you. Yeah, I did. So Morning Star is like book three. Right. in that series. So David Mitchell's got a new book out. Has he? Utopia Avenue, and I read a very bad review of it yesterday. Mm. 
No. Not yeah. surprising. <laughs> this isn't a book review thing, is it? It's not. What game have you brought for me to um, So, yeah, this is about. the game that, that won out. And I'm not sure why it won out, but it, I'll certainly get to the other games. But I'm playing The Outer Worlds at the moment. Right. Are you familiar with The Outer Worlds? From you mentioning it and me Googling it as a result of that, yes. But beyond that, no. When you Googled it, I didn't actually mention it. That was that was last year, wasn't it? No, you've mentioned it more recently than that. Oh, yeah, I mentioned it more recently than that, but I don't know if you... That you must have forgotten this. So last Bro. year, two games came out that sounded very similar. There was The Outer Worlds, and before that, I think, there was a smaller game called The Outer Wilds. Yes, I remember us having this conversation. So I started playing The Outer Wilds last year, right. and I mentioned it to you, and you text back saying that it was coming out on the Switch. But it wasn't. <laughs> what was coming out on the Switch was the Outer Worlds. Oh, I mean, it's confusing. It is confusing because it sounds similar. But it actually came out. The Outer Worlds actually came out very recently on the Switch. Uh, last couple of weeks or something. I'm not playing on the Switch, though. I'm playing it on the PlayStation. Just to confuse things even more. Yeah. So, so what is this game then? <laughs> so are you familiar with Fallout? I'm familiar with the game. I've never tried a Fallout game at all. Right. I know what they are. Well, the Outer Worlds is a game made by a company, a development studio called Obsidian. Yeah. And Obsidian developed, uh, Obsidian made a game called Knights of the Old Republic 2. Do you know Knights of the Old Republic 2? A Star Wars game. It is a Star Wars game. Yeah. No, I'm not a massive Star Wars fan. Not by any stretch of the imagination. You might even say that I dislike Star Wars in general. Mm, we talked about that before. Yeah, I think we have. Um, when, when Knights of the Old Republic came out, I, I didn't like Star Wars at all. I had no interest in it. And yet I played both of those games all the way through. Both one and two, just because they were excellent games. Really good games. Never played them. Obsidian made the second one. They also then went on to make Neverwinter Nights 2. Right. Have you heard of that one? Heard of it, never played it. No, I never played it. it There's a pattern developing here. I'll tell you, yeah. Neverwinter Nights 2, I used to see on the shelf in WH Smith's. It's got like, is it of all places. Black with like a, a, an eye? An eye. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm exactly, it, I'm picturing it in my mind from like, seeing it on game shelves, uh, game shop shelves as well. It wasn't game shop shelves for me. It was always WH Smith's, always. It was there forever. All the other games would change and Neverwinter Nights 2 would just be sat there. Not the target. Um, Always. The the, uh, demographic for Dwayne Smith. Possibly not. Pick up some bit pens and a a copy of Neverwinter Nights 2. Wasn't happening. But Dwayne Smith, like, sold a bit of everything, didn't it? I remember someone, it might have been a comedian, saying once about Dwayne Smith. This is a very British stand-up comic, obviously. How about Dwayne Smith tried to do everything for everyone, but none of it well. Because (laughs) it is is the sort of place you go in, like you say, you buy a pen and a magazine, you know, whatever else. Like, the one closest to to where I live has the, uh, the downstairs was cards and wrapping paper and magazines and then upstairs had books but then cds and dvds and games yeah, and puzzles and, and all sorts and of like that yeah. bizarre what a mishmash yeah it was but i miss it <laughs> yeah it was Neverwinter nights was a fairly well-regarded game but i the closest i got it was wh smith's uh, shelves <laughs> however they also made and it's probably what they're best known for fallout new vegas which was the follow-up to fallout 3 and fallout 3 was where i jumped on the fallout bandwagon i absolutely adored it i thought it was amazing which console was that on xbox 360 and playstation 3 it was a brilliant game all about coming out of like hibernation if you like in an underground bunker following a nuclear holocaust and having to navigate your way across this vast wasteland and Meeting new people and making these uh, difficult decisions along the way. Just exploring them. Yes, yeah, a huge, a huge like sandbox world to explore. New Vegas was actually the better of the two, as far as I was concerned, and that was the one they made, Obsidian made. Right. It presented a, a more coherent world, and the writing was 
better and the character arcs and the choices that it made you make were more difficult. So much so, uh, and more interesting, so much so that um, there was a decision I had to make that made me stop playing the game for over a year. What was that? Because I, it was too hard. <laughs> right. It was it was about whether or not I killed somebody and I didn't know what I wanted to do because I couldn't I didn't know where the game was going to go after that. So I stopped playing the game, put it down, and then a, over a year later came back to it and went in a different direction, just ignored the question. <laughs> Did you realize it wasn't a real person? It was just a yeah, NPC. Do, do you not have that issue in games? Having to make a difficult choice. Not the springs to mind immediately. not to make it. No. Uh, well, I have this situation. The Ouija Mansion 3, maybe, with the uh, the director, Ghost. Have you have you played yeah, it yet? Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. I haven't, I haven't done the director, Ghost, but it's a choice of whether you do or don't yeah. take on this optional... I didn't want to because I thought he was a good character, and my daughter insisted we catch him because there was a missing gap in the, the index, for want of a better word, that you catalogue of all the ghosts. Yeah, well, I suffer from a similar sort of mm. situation or problem problem it's not a problem i don't like to miss things mm. like i like to cover as much ground as i possibly can in the in my playthrough of a game yeah so me having too. to make a choice is literally closing the door on a whole string of of things that may or may not have happened and games are often designed in such a way that you can mop up a lot of what was going to happen and the choices aren't that big yeah, you know, in in the big in the grand scheme of things, but there are certain games that the choices feel weighty. So Fable, some of the Fable games, some of the choices in Fable games made me antsy. There was one particular one where I had to kill somebody and I didn't want to kill. I didn't know whether to kill them or to keep them alive. Right. And I like to be good in games as well. So killing people that don't deserve it isn't a, it's a no no for me. Did you let that person live then? I don't remember. I think <laughs> I think that that was another one where I walked away. As, but Fable was really hard to walk away from. I think it was Fable 3 because they put a timer on your choices. Right. So if you didn't make it in a certain time, you, it made it for you. Oh. Like a bad parent. That is like a bad yeah. parent. That's a very so, strange mechanic. Yeah, it, it was. But anyway, we're not talking about Fable. Fable. We're talking about Obsidian. We're talking about Outer Worlds. So New Vegas, to continue not talking about Outer Worlds... <laughs> New Vegas put you into this really interesting world that was already pre-existed uh, Obsidian's attempt. But then Obsidian put their own spin on it with factions and with choices that felt meaningful and weighty. Right. And that is actually, I think, where The Outer Worlds picks up. Because if I was going to try and describe The Outer Worlds to somebody that was vaguely familiar with games, I would say to them, that Outer Worlds is a Fallout game with colours in it, because that's what it is. Because <laughs> Fallout's quite sepia, isn't it? Yes, so it it suffered from being quite brown, quite mm-hmm. beige, the world, and the monsters in it, and the people in it. They're all versions of browns and greens and greys, and it was quite a drab world by design, because it was a, a nuclear wasteland. However, in the Outer Worlds, everything's got quite a neon tint, Right. so... You start off in in um, in the outer worlds. You start off well. Actually, I was going to say you start off on a planet, but you don't. You start off on a colony ship that has been sent off from Earth to colonize a far off land or far off planet, and it's called the Hope. You start off frozen on that ship. Your character is frozen on the ship, and a mad scientist character called Phineas Wells 
defrosts you. Oh, I thought you were say you had to control a frozen character. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, you just like shuffle a, around. Like a penguin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like a fish finger. Um, no. Phineas Wells, he defrosts you. Shame. And sends you down in this dropship to the world below. You step out of this pod and you greet it with this really vibrantly coloured world with a huge Saturn-like planet hanging in the sky that has got these red rings around it and everything is just like neon really really pretty game really gorgeous game and you set out and it feels like playing a fallout game except someone's just gone crazy with the paint so you just draw this plant and then just off you explore yes yeah pretty much and explore in terms of like what are you killing the wildlife are you collecting specimens the first thing that i saw was what's called a sprat which is like a little again for lack of a better way of describing it like an alien rat i suppose i never thought about it they called it a sprat and i think that's probably because it's a rat probably it's their version of a rat okay sprat's like a little fish isn't it yeah yeah so it was a bit it was a bit confusing but there was a, there was a, a, a butler in downton abbey called sprat who was a bit a bit weaselly the less said about that the better right okay downton abbey yeah not not a game. <laughs> I didn't say it was a game. I'm just trying to. Re- I should hope not. I'm just trying to relate my experiences to you. Upstairs, downstairs, Downton Abbey. Uh, I don't know. I hate Downton Abbey. I've never seen it, and I still hate it. Right How about that. Well, nice and balanced. <laughs> I thought I thought I was going to hate it, and then watched it, and I loved it. So maybe you should watch it. Nah, no, I won't be. I won't be. Right. Okay, so you get this sprat. Yeah. So like they're just running around the world. It's quite a nice ambient world and the the other thing the plant life sort of waves sort of moves really nicely as long as you don't look at it too hard uh in the wind <laughs> what you if mean you look at look- if you look at it too hard then you realize that everything's moving at the same rate and it's right to look a bit naff but yeah if you it, a little bit of suspension of disbelief is needed in order to appreciate the beauty mm-hmm. of it quickly you come upon like these bad guys marauders they called in this game they try and shoot you and you shoot them instead. And that that's the game there. So you start shooting stuff. You start shooting people. You start shooting animals. And the animals are, are weird looking and quite well designed, actually. If you, again, if you've played a Fallout game, you'll know the sort of thing. It's like taking a, it's like taking an animal that we know and changing it a little bit. So there's a variety of animals called canids, which right. I imagine you can guess what they might be. Spell it. C-A-N-I-D-S. Is it dog? Yeah. So it's yeah. it's like an alien version of a dog. Right. It's got like three heads or something. Well, no, it hasn't. They're quite big and bulky things and they're red or green or, and they're slightly scaly in places. And, but again, they're very well designed, I think. They look pretty cool. In fact, I'll tell you what they, they look a bit like. Is it Red... What's his name? Red 13 in Final mm. Fantasy VII. Yeah. So they kind of look like Red 13. But not quite enough to warrant copyright infringement. No. No copyright infringement as far Good. as I'm aware. You know, that could crop up in the... In the future, if Square are listening to our podcast, which, which I'm, I'm sure, sure, sure they are. <laughs> so is it is it exploring this one planet? Do you go into other worlds as well? That's what I was going to come to, yeah. So the difference between this and Fallout is that Fallout has this massive space called the Wasteland. And you go wherever you want in that. In the Outer Worlds, you aren't necessarily as free to roam as you were in Fallout. It feels a little bit more hemmed in. And there are actual levels. Instead of having a big open world, you have... These smaller sandboxes right. that are on 
different worlds. So the first one's called Terra Two, and it all circle it all centers around a, a town called Edgewater. And you go to Edgewater, you find out that there's some people that have been stealing bodies out of the graves. Then you go into Edgewater, and you find that everybody's get coming down with some kind of plague, or what they think of as of as a plague. And you're tasked with uh, figuring out wh- how to how to rescue people. And you also find out that the whole town is run by the Canning factory the the man that runs the canning factory is actually right. like the head of the town he represents a corporation called space's choice and space's choice actually own the whole town and everyone in it uh, and that's the backdrop actually for the whole world or, or the whole solar system it's like an extrapolated future where corporatism has taken over and there are these mega corporations that own whole planets and you become indentured to a particular brand a particular corporation so right. space's choice in edgewater in other places it might be anti-cleo do you, you remember in um futurama there was was it mom yeah yeah who who was like a robot yeah. over lord and she she was like this granny who yeah. ran ran a big corporation well anti-cleos is sort of like that the outer world's version of her no slurm wasn't that the uh yes uh things like that mm. yeah. so you you depend on who you're talking to they will belong literally belong to a particular faction and depending on how you behave towards those people the reputate your reputation with that particular faction will go up or down so if you do something bad to to someone that is part of space's choice you will end up with a lower reputation and they might charge you a bit more for goods and services and they might actually if you get so bad they might actually shoot you on site if if you come near their towns and things so what what was causing the plague in that town well it turned out that it was some kind of flu it wasn't so bad, but it was being um, hyped up to sort of control people. Some kind bit. of flu hyped up to control people. I know, yeah. It sounds like... This was made last year. <laughs> That's wow. the thing. This was made last year. I've just realised that we've made ourselves sound like Cooks. conspiracists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, a flu to, to, to control people. I wholly accept that covid19 exists i feel like i should say that no i was only asking because there was um i think it was the last series of the walking dead the series 10 there was a bit where it's you said about dead bodies and and the water or whatever there was a bit where someone was contaminating the water supply by putting bits of zombies in and that was making that was making me because it was someone working for another faction blah blah blah. i I wonder if maybe although that was in the last 12 months, I wonder if maybe they'd, they'd basically ripped off that plot, but from the sounds of it, they hadn't. Well, this, the game started, the game was in development from about 2016, as far as I'm aware. Although, having said that, that might have been in the comics, and the comics, you know, have been around for a while longer, so who knows? You know, it's not, it's, it's not the sort of idea that's way out, way out there, and you're never no. going to hit on it, is it? I'm sure it's even been done before The Walking Dead did it in some form or another. I'm sure. So yeah, that's that's the basic gist of the game. Have I have I explained it well enough? Yeah. So it's just exploring and shooting and chatting and that. Yeah. The thing that I like about Fallout games is the worlds that they're set in. So they they do a lot of like there's a lot of backstory hidden around the worlds. One of the things that you can do in both games, in Fallout and in the Outer Worlds, is hack computers and on the computers you might find a series of email exchanges between two people that are talking right. about one thing or another and it's the same in outer world so you'll you'll come ap- across a, an abandoned factory and there'll be computers in there that tell you a little story about the people in that factory it's also unfortunately the thing that i feel it does less well at least so far than fallout because fallouts the story's not quite as 
well developed. It's not the main story. I don't. I don't have a problem with the main story, I, and I don't have a problem with the the smaller stories around that that sort of make up the ambience of the world. But I just don't think that they are as profuse, and I don't think that there's as much depth in those little little side stories as there was in Fallout. So you right. might in Fallout you might go to two or three it depends which one you play, you might go to two or three different sites and that story might play out over two or three different sites and the only way that you actually get to know about it is through somebody's emails or through a letter that they've left lying around in the aftermath of being burnt to a cinder or whatever. And it all pieces together over sort of quite an elaborate frame. So I'm thinking of, if I just jump in there, when you showed me Hollow Knight first, you said a similar sort of thing with that. And I personally, having completed Hollow Knight and really enjoyed it, I found the story quite impenetrable. And I ended up <laughs> finding in about, about, I think it was about two weeks ago, so probably since the last time we've chatted, I was just idly thinking about the story and I found a, a website where someone had explained the story of Hollow Knight and it took me about 15 minutes to read through the whole thing because it was so complicated. Yeah. I then found that person, I can't remember the name of the, the, the person but they've also done some YouTube videos where they, they explain it but then obviously you've got the video side of it as well so you can see and uh, apparently that explains it in, in greater detail but um, it sounds like some sort of thing to that really, the, the piecing together which I personally in Hollow Knight found quite complicated but i'm a bear of simple features a bear of little brain i had to explain the spot the dog book that you're reading at the moment to you earlier didn't i <laughs> so i mean if that's the level that we're working with i'm not surprised that you had trouble with hollow knight when we chatted about books earlier you didn't ask me what i was reading so maybe maybe it's spot the dog who knows i do know what you're reading yeah you do spot but... goes to the seaside <laughs> isn't it so yeah guilty. and i had to explain what the seaside was and why you might want to go there but we won't get into that because no. I've already explained it and I, th- I think you got it. I think you did. <laughs> the storytelling in, in Hollow Knight is a completely different kettle of fish because none of it is, as far as I remember, none of it is out and out express no, to you. No, You've never isn't. shown anything. You've got to piece it all together from little snippets and actual, the, the things that are actually happening. So there's like the shadow stuff and, and the dead, the dead things in the underground area that are actually versions of you that, are, that pre-existed you or not. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, so um, it's not like that. It's not that impenetrable. It's not that uh, opaque. As I said, there might be an email from Roger in accounting to Bob in uh, the factory floor talking about how their robot went nuts this week and they're waiting on parts to fix it. They're just keeping their fingers crossed that the robots don't go nuts, that you're in the factory and all the robots have gone nuts and everybody's dead. I was just going to say that sounds like the cue for dramatic irony if ever I heard it. Yeah, exactly. It's that sort of thing. Like there are little seeds of stories that then play out in front of you in different ways and you find them all over the world and some of them might be obvious and some of them might be less obvious and they complement the story that you are actually navigating yourself. They're, they're little sidelines to the actual main story okay. that make it feel like a world that lived even if it's dead now. And the Outer Worlds does that but it just doesn't do it as well, I feel. Right. The other thing that I'm not entirely certain about is the sandbox nature of it. So the fact that you don't have this massive wasteland that you are thrust out into, just like your mum sending you out at the beginning of the day when you were younger, telling you not to come back till tea time. So your mum did? Yeah. Did you yeah. Did you not have that? No, that's how I play computer games. Oh, right. Okay. No, we got we got tossed out. That's what playing a fall, Fallout game is like. It's like being sent out on your way in the morning and... Uh, with no direction, no instruction. Going to be yourself for nine hours. Yeah, that's a Fallout game, whereas the Outer Worlds feels more like you. 
Your mum says, here is a well-orchestrated piece of entertainment. Get as much out of it as you can. And then I've got another one of those after. Right. So it, each planet has a little space for you to navigate and then exist in for a little while. And then it moves you on. Do you feel a bit like it's it's sort of the story unfolds around you rather than you being an active part of the story? Is that what you mean? No, that's not what I'm getting at. Right. What I'm I getting at. that. So, you know, you know, games have levels. Yeah. And more and more... I'm, I'm not trying to be uh, patronising, but... More and more we've been moving towards like these open world affairs. And actually the outer worlds takes the open world and it puts some bounds on it a lot, uh, a little, a lot more actually than most games are these days. So Fallout took the open world to quite a large extreme. It gave you this huge wasteland to navigate and explore and you could go and do whatever you liked in whatever order you liked. Whereas in the outer worlds, you get given this area with Edgewater in, a town, and then there's a surrounding area, and there is a certain set number of things to do in that area, and you can do them all, and then move on. You go from there, you go to the Groundbreaker. A set of hubs, almost. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so it's almost level-based. Mm. Very, very big levels. They're quite big levels. They're not massive. I don't know if I prefer that to having the wasteland. I'd much rather have just a big old planet that I could move from one place to another without any big problem. It it feels quite orchestrated. That's right. what I'm. That's what I'm going for. And it also feels like it's solvable in a way that other games don't. Other games that do this sort of game well, they feel quite messy and they feel quite quite opaque in some ways so like it feels like you are making a mess while you're trying to solve the problems do you know what i mean so like it life is messy mm-hmm. and so is living a life in those games the outer worlds feels like well it gives you this quest and it ties up very cleanly and then it gives you this quest and that's that very cleanly as right. well yeah exactly and it feels like the whole thing might be solvable it might be that you can very easily do everything and see everything i might be wrong about that it might just be that it's very well designed and that that's the way it feels to me. Is there lots of variety between the terrains then, different hubs? So far, I've I've been to Edgewater, which is this area on a place called Terra 2. Then I went up to the Groundbreaker, which is a spaceship, a, a very large spaceship, like a colony spaceship. Then I went, I've gone back to Terra 2 and landed in a different place called Rose, something something to do with roses. Rosewater? That would be bad, wouldn't it, if it was called Edgewater and Rosewater? I can't remember what the third place is called, but I've been to three different places. The the two on the planet look and feel quite familiar and similar to one another. Having said that, though, there's probably four or five other planets that I haven't been to yet. So, right. yeah, maybe maybe there'll be a bit of variety in those. Yeah, because that's what I'd be hoping for in a game that you know, purports to be about exploration. You should like to see lots of variety. and you Well, know. that's what you don't get in Fallout. It's, it's factory to factory to factory to factory. So you go wasteland, town, factory, wasteland, factory, wasteland, 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 town factory it all feels very samey i don't think i'm gonna have that problem with this no i think science of it i'm also very satisfied with it that's the other thing to say like as much as i just said there are problems with it and that i prefer certain other things i still really like this well yeah i don't think there's any game where anyone can categorically say hands on heart there are no faults with this game no no it's just a strange one really to be thinking about because of how familiar it is to the fallout formula you won't know about this but fallout as depending on who you talk to, and I'm in the camp that I'm going to describe now, but Fallout has gone a bit off the rails because it's now basically it's just an online game. It's called Fallout 76, and that's not what I want from it. I want to I want to be a lone survivor in this horrible apocalypse, left to explore how I want at my leisure. I don't want to be interacting with other people and having to deal with their crap. 
Yeah, it sounds like it's a completely different game. It is. It's massive. It's massively different. Very strangely, given that Fallout had this message of almost an anti-war message, certainly an anti-nuclear weapons message. They ran a thing. I don't know if it ended up actually happening, but when they announced Fallout 76, they had this event that they were going to run where you could set off nuclear bombs. You could set off nuclear weapons and, like, bomb people. And it was like, mm, you kind of missed the point, haven't you? Why, she set off a nuclear bomb? Yeah. Well, like at, like, um, like a testing ground. No, I- no, no, no. Fire nuclear weapons at people. In real life? Chris, no, not in real life. What? I don't understand what... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. Sorry, I think I zoned out a bit there. Yeah, you must have. In yeah. real life. That's what I was thinking. Sure, they couldn't let you do that. That's what I was being so incredulous <laughs> about. <laughs> what a ridiculous question. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. But um, anyway, Fallout has, has gone a little bit wayward for for a lot of people. And the Outer Worlds feels like a, a return to where people, where people like me wanted fallout to be albeit with a few issues so plodding around in the wilderness by yourself just taking it all in yeah seeing what's what left to your own devices it doesn't hurt that it's it looks very nice as well and that's all i've got to say about that so who would you recommend the game to then i think i've just explained that really anyone that is well into fallout as it existed sort of fallout 3 fallout 4 to some well yeah to yeah, Fallout Three and Fallout Four. If you like those, Fallout New Vegas particularly. If you liked, if you liked, then you, you should be getting on the Outer Worlds if you haven't already. Uh, but also, anyone that likes to to just get put into an area, to get put into a space, and be allowed to look in every nook and cranny. And also, anyone that likes to collect things, even if those things aren't going to have any use to you at all. I've so, got so many things that I are just in my pocket. I'm thinking about a game you've recommended to me recently, Journey to the Savage Planet. Yes. It sounds, from what you described, quite similar to that. So, it, it's interesting that they, again, that they exist at the same sort of time. Because the same with the Outer Wilds and the Outer Worlds. Journey to the Savage Planet and, and the Outer Worlds, the aesthetic is fairly similar. Like there's there's almost like a bubblegum style neon aesthetic that they both share. Journey to the Savage Planet is next on my list. I'm going to be right. hopefully playing that. I started that and was well into it, but then got stuck into the Outer Worlds. And yeah, I, I think that actually I probably enjoy Journey to the Savage Planet more. I think possibly because it might be the exploratory thing distilled even more purely okay um into a game without all of the shooting of marauders people without mm. the bloody human beings messing things up that's what it is so i'm sure we'll be talking about gen to the savage planet at some point in the future uh, if we keep doing these lockdown specials in the transition period i was trying <laughs> the phrase was then that you uh, yeah. remember it so yeah because because that is, as i say it's going to be one of the next games that i play brilliant well, did i answer your question yeah you did i definitely. think you would like it Mm, that's you that's like what it. I was thinking mm. for your description just then, just summing up. But you'd have to play it alone. Because I think the Journey to the Savage Planet is one that you've recommended. No, I do think I would like it from what you've said. So therefore, by extension, this possibly as well. Yeah. Mm. Bit meatier, I think, probably. A bit more to get your teeth into. In a different way. I, I don't know. I'm going to stop talking now. Okay, well, thank you for discussing that, Ashley. That sounds good. Better than Pokemon Smile. Yeah, well, it's not hard, is it? <laughs> I hope it actually does sound good. I feel I feel like this episode, I, I've done one of those waffly, just gone on. No, it's at all. Well, it's a game I have no experience of. I don't 
know the lineage at all, so I don't know how much to contribute, apart from thinking that people were setting off nuclear weapons in celebration of a game yeah. linked to Ooh. it. I should say before we before we sign off, the other thing that I I'm not sure about is that actually I said about how difficult some of the decisions are in previous games that like um, New Vegas. So far, I haven't really had any problems with the decisions. It's been fairly straightforward to me. Like, I, it, there's been a clear cut. Well, this is the decision that I would obviously make in this case. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? I, I think it's a bad thing because it's not really, it's not putting me in positions that have to make me think, you know. It's just confirming what I already feel. Right. So, so it's a, yeah. a more diluted experience. I thought I should add that in before yeah, we sign off and send everybody to our social medias. Well, while we're talking about good decisions, why don't uh, you all make the good decision if you're not already to come and join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, tell us... Uh, YouTube. YouTube, sorry. Tell your friends, your family, your hairdresser, your... Your boss. Budgerigar about us. And so thank you for listening and we'll uh, see you again soon. See you later. Bye. This Gameware is a Specky 2 Guys production. Music for the episode is provided under Creative Commons license by Stevia Sphere from the album Cell Division, which can be found at steviasphere.bandcamp.com. <laughs>